Welcome to the intersection of faith and the culture. It's Wall Builders, and we're taking on the hot topics of the day from a biblical, historical, and constitutional perspective. That includes topics like education, which will be our topic today. But of course, we cover the gamut everything from entertainment and uh, journalism to education, like we'll cover today, as well as all the different political issues and uh, money and finance and, and biblical. Uh, honest weights and measures. I mean, you go down the list, every single subject, every single thing that we face in life, the Bible has something to say about it. Everything that we face in life, uh, there's a way to do that correctly in our particular constitutional republic. And everything we face in life, we can learn something from history because there's nothing new under the sun. Solomon was correct. And the laws of nature and nature's God don't change. So the principles that the founders put in place with our Declaration of Independence and with our Constitution, those principles haven't changed. You know, very often, unfortunately, we adopt the wrong principles. We, we try to change the country by changing the principles that are poured into the culture. But if we get back to those biblical principles of liberty, they will once again produce prosperity and peace and abundance and benevolence and all of those things. If we continue to adopt the principles of tyranny, they will produce famine and shortages and chaos and war and all of those things. As Noah Webster said, all the miseries and evils which men suffer from vice, crime, ambition, slavery, and war proceed from their neglecting or despising the precepts contained in the Bible. That's why we give you that biblical perspective as we address all of these issues. I'm Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach, serving alongside David and Tim Barton. David's America's premier historian and our founder here at Wall Builders, Tim Barton, national speaker and pastor and president of Wall Builders. All right, guys, we've got a state senator from Texas joining us uh, here in a minute after the break, Mays Middleton. And uh, going to be talking about actually a bill you guys went down and and uh, testified. What well, did you guys testify on chaplains? I know you testified on Ten Commandments, but this is a similar type situation where we're building on the K- Coach Kennedy case and the overturning of Lemon and the state of Texas leading the way here in uh, in chaplains in in uh, public schools. Um, but I can't remember if you guys actually went down and testified on that. Uh, we did not testify on the chaplains, although it was happening very close to the same uh, time in the same committee. And uh, several of our friends uh, who were there, uh, we, we got to connect with in in the hall before it started, uh, be with them, uh, even in, in some of the committee uh, process. But we did not testify on it. And had we had we paid a little closer attention to the schedule, we might have. But it was covered so well in Texas uh, that it was not confusing. I think Brad Dacus from Pacific Justice Institute was there. Uh, there, there was a great team down there, so they did not need any additional support from us. Uh, <laughs> but we were there at the same time it was going on. One of the interesting things about it is there were several bills being heard that day because the climate is now so different. This is not stuff that we would have even tried three years ago. Uh, but after winning that Supreme Court case and the Kennedy decision where they, they dumped what's called the Lemon case, uh, literally... Americans have more religious liberty options available to them now than at any time probably in their lifetime, unless you happen to be 95 years old or something. So for most generations, this is this is the most religious liberty opportunity you've had. Now, it doesn't guarantee you have religious liberties. The court has just simply opened the door and you have to walk through it. And that's what was happening at the legislature. Um, and as Tim mentioned, there were great groups down there testifying. So there were numerous religious liberty bills that day. And this is Texas trying to take a step forward. And every state needs to do this. Every step needs to do the same thing Texas is doing. You need chaplains in schools. You need Ten Commandments back up in the walls of the classroom. You need all these uh, these things happening. And Texas really did do a good job of trying to move some of these forward in this session. So it was a great time. And I guess 
maybe I should say it's a momentous time because Texas has not been able to introduce some of these deals in decades and decades, and now they have become law like this this bill that Mays Middleton introduced and got passed. It's good news. Chaplains in public schools is a very um, a bold move, honestly, because you know it really strikes at the heart of the whole separation of church and state lie and how we just basically kick God and anything associated to God out of the, out of the public schools. And so this is a very bold way of saying, hey, we want God back in schools. Uh, we want people of faith to be able to, you know, be there for these kids and, and uh, t- you know, talk to them about things and, um, you know, basically bring truth back into the school. So this is a really interesting concept. So it's it, it's I don't know that I guess no other state's done this. Um, but but so how did this come about? Do you guys know much about, you know, what's the whole idea of, of putting chaplains into public schools? And is there a history for that? And and uh, what's the argument for being able to do that? Yeah, you know, actually, the argument is really simple. If you think about where we have chaplains today, think about chaplains. We have chaplains for businesses. We have chaplains for hospitals. We have chaplains for military, for hospice, for law enforcement. We have uh, we have chaplains. Legislatures have them. Legislatures, yeah. that's right. Legislature, universities have them. Uh, police, all, all these places have chaplains. And that's a way of saying it's okay to have religion in these areas. Now, what has happened, that has been something you couldn't do in schools. Schools is, no, it's kind of a religion-free zone. You can't have you can't have faith there. So what's happened is now the schools are being treated with the same constitutional standards that everybody else has. And this is one of the things we've talked about for a while. Why is it that if you're below 18 years old, you have less protection for your First Amendment rights than anybody over 18? It's the same question we asked for years. Why, if you're less than 18, do you have less Second Amendment rights than anybody over 18? Where in the Constitution does age become the determination for whether you have enable rights? And that's been the progressive idea is only certain groups get certain rights. But this is this is coming back into mainstream America. And this gives you an opportunity to not only have students pray, which we saw with uh, the Kennedy decision and, and football games, et cetera. This now allows adults to pray with students or to counsel with students in religious areas. And that's what's been so hard for the last 40 to 50 years. Oh, no, you're an adult. That's an authority. You're going to cram religion down the throats of these vulnerable kids, and you can't do that. But here you have chaplains coming in and serving that role as a spiritual counselor for, for kids who want that or want to partake of the service. You have the opportunity now to have adult and and kid discussions on faith. And that's something we hadn't been able to do in recent decades. So this is just one of the many more things where that we're starting to retake ground that we had for the first couple of centuries that we lost over the last several decades. And in that concept, when people hear this today, you ought to think about, hey, can I do this at my school? Can I get my school board to go along with this? It doesn't take a state law to be able to do this. The school board can do it. Now, Mays did this as a state law, and he did a great job because he said, this is the requirement. Every school district in Texas has to vote on whether you're going to have a chaplain or not. That's great. That puts a school district on record. If you don't want a chaplain in there, parents need to know about that. If you think that religion is so bad that you, you don't want kids to even hear about it, parents need to know about that and get a new school board. So part of this is he's given a great political tool for getting the schools back in the hands of the parents. But at the same time, you don't have to have the state law to be able to have chaplains in your schools. So as you hear this today, you think this is a great idea, man, go back and get it started in your community, get it started in your school, get it started wherever, because this is a constitutional way to be able to restore the acknowledgement of God in a very public venue. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Senator Mays Middleton, our special guest today. We're talking about chaplains in public schools in Texas. Stay with us. You're listening to The Wall Builder Show. 
This is David Barton with another moment from America's history. Federal courts have made several amazing rulings recently, ordering the removal of a cross from a cemetery, banning religious holiday displays, removing the Ten Commandments from public view, prohibiting student prayers whether verbal or silent, and numerous other similar restrictive rulings. As one current justice has noted, the Supreme Court has now become, quote, a national board of theology. Our founding fathers would be astounded. They designed the First Amendment to keep the federal courts completely out of this issue. As Thomas Jefferson forcefully declared, I consider the federal government as prohibited by the Constitution from meddling with religious exercises. The First Amendment was designed to keep decisions on religious expression out of the federal courts and in the hands of the local communities. For more information on God's hand in American history, contact Wall Builders at 1-800-8-REBUILD. Welcome back to Wall Builders. Thanks for staying with us. we got Senator Mays Middleton with us from Texas. Hey, Senator, how are you doing, man? Thanks for coming on Wall Builders. Hey, thank you all for having me on today. Well, thanks for the, the doing good legislation. You know, a lot of people feel like, oh, there's nothing good happening, so we at Wall Builders like to highlight a lot of these good things and we see chaplains in schools as a a very positive thing thankfully the lemon test gone and we can start to get some religious liberty in our country again but uh you passed this bill in in texas and now schools are are, are starting to i guess they got to vote to decide whether or not to they want to uh, participate in this but kind of walk us through this whole thing like how'd you get the idea what was it like trying to get this passed in the legislature and then let's talk implementation so a lot to cover let's back up to how it all started well so our schools are not God-free zones, you know, and unfortunately, the left won many years ago when they got the Supreme Court to legislate from the bench uh, and unfortunately rule on the side of the atheists, which, you know, that's when prayer was taken out of public schools, when they took the Ten Commandments down. But fortunately, a couple of years ago with the Coach Kennedy case and then also Carson v. Macon, we were able to right that wrong. And the Supreme Court said, look, at the, at the end of the day, the Establishment Clause must be interpreted by reference to historical practices and understandings. And what that means is that we are going to support free exercise. And that was the challenge before, as we had a bunch of liberal judges that were repeating the fake doctrine of separation of church and state. That's nowhere in the Constitution. It's not real. So what happened is our U.S. Supreme Court, thanks to President Trump's appointments, made it possible for us to go win some of these fights and put God back in government so people can freely exercise their religious beliefs in government and in schools. Yeah, it's such a big change, too, right? I mean, for so long, we were on the defense trying to be able to exercise freedom of religion. And like you said, you had all these courts that were just parodying these, these you know, uh, frankly, lies. I mean, complete distortions of our, of our history. And now all of a sudden that's flipped and we get to go on offense and say, because of the Kennedy case, um, you know, the laws on our side. In fact, we had Kelly, uh, Kelly Shackford on last week just talking about the fact that we got people have to know this, right? They, it's like the, the cell door's been opened. It's unlocked. But you got to walk out, and you got to live this freedom. And and y'all, you have, have through the legislature given schools a chance to go back to a time where, like you said, it's not a god free zone, and you have people on campus that can help kids dealing with difficult situations. And who better to do that than, than a chaplain that can you know speak to the to the issue and give you know godly wisdom to them and how to deal with it? Exactly, you know, and and this is putting God back in government. 
Uh, and, and it's a choice, right? The students don't have to see the chaplains, but this is an additional tool that's available to our students that they did not have before. And other states are looking to copy this and implement chaplains in public schools as well. I mean, and you, you look where it's worked. It's been in law enforcement for many years. Police, fire uh, departments have had chaplains, our military, armed services, hospitals. And, and for the same reasons that it's worked so well with law enforcement and our armed services, I believe it worked equally as well in our public schools as well, because this allows students, faculty, staff to freely exercise their religion and have this tool available of someone to talk to from a godly perspective, because chaplains represent God and government. That's what they do. And that's what we need more of in this country. And thankfully, uh, because of the Coach Kennedy case, we're able to do that without any legal challenges. Uh, of course, these atheist groups out of Washington, D.C. oppose uh, chaplains in schools, but their legal arguments are now totally meritless, uh, and they won't win if they try. That's right. That's right. And, and in addition to them, you also have a lot of these folks, you know, essentially the establishment within the education system that has been trained for the last 50 years to believe in all the separation of church and state stuff. And and so their knee-jerk reaction uh, to this is is negative often, especially at these these bigger schools. And so a lot of them are pushing back on this. What's the best way to uh, you know change that perspective and 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 show them why this is such a positive thing for their students? So number one is we need school districts to vote their way into it, right? So as part of the legislation, I required every ISD in the state of Texas to take a record vote whether or not to allow chaplains. So that's number one, advocating for that record vote, that they vote yes to allow chaplains. But then number two, once they do vote yes, we need faith-based members of the community, and there are various chaplain accrediting organizations too uh, that are out there that are organized, you know, that have a way to work with school districts to implement policies where they can have volunteer chaplains. And, you know, the media is all out to get this. The Galveston Daily News, it's my local newspaper, they said chaplains were a terrible and un-American idea. Wow. How about that? I mean, that, wow. that is our mainstream media is what they're saying about chaplains. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Talk to talk to any military member that, that, that's had a chaplain that they've been able to go to and, and uh, just go right down the list. Uh, how, how I guess in the way you did the legislation, they're, they're kind of in that voting season now, right? They've got to do it by March, is it? Yeah, it's coming up really soon. You know, and look, um, we take record votes in the legislature, and school boards should as well. Uh, sadly, some of the districts have listened to some of these atheist organizations out of state, Washington, D.C. organizations. I know one district uh, that's very uh, close by that actually voted to ban chaplains, which, wow, honestly, that's probably a, a, a larger uh, risk for litigation, because in that case, you're prohibiting, you know, for example, a teacher or an admin or somebody at the district from seeing someone based solely on their religious beliefs. Yeah. And yeah. that is a serious religious liberties issue. So uh, a lot of these groups, and we think TASB's involved, that's a taxpayer-funded lobby organization, Texas Association of School Boards, to try to push districts the direction of not allowing this, which is not surprising, uh, because, you know, I'll give you an example of, of TASB this session. So we had a, a different bill that said if a child has been groomed or sexually abused 
in a public school by a public school employee, then that child gets school choice, whether public school, another public school or private school. They lobbied against it. So in other words, they use parents' tax dollars to lobby to trap a child in that situation that they're being abused in. And that's what mm. kind of thing that TASB stands for. I, I, I'm just thinking, Maze, this is this is like a, you know, we, we said for years at the congressional or state level, if you look at a person's vote on the life issue, it'll tell you pretty much, you know, 90% accuracy on every other issue, because if they won't protect your life, they're not going to protect your wallet or your, your property or any of those things. And, and that just holds true with all the, all, when you look at any voter guide, this could be, this could be that issue for folks trying to figure out who do I, I vote for, for school board, you know, because if they, if they're on record as saying, we don't want God in our schools, we don't want a, a chaplain in our schools. <laughs> I mean, that's like a, a clarion call that this is probably somebody you need to get out of the leadership of your school district. So I love this, man. This could really help. A lot of people want to turn the schools around and, and uh, you know, fix this horrific situation where we've been teaching our kids to hate themselves and hate our country and all that. Uh, I think you're, you have created something here that could be a, a turning point in the education system. So hats off to you, man. I, I'm really looking forward to seeing where this goes. Hey, I appreciate your help and support on this. You know, you've you got to ask, and this came up, you know, when we were debating the bill this session, too, because I had one that was related that would have created a period of prayer during school hours. And you've got to ask the question, are our schools better or worse off since prayer was taken out of our public schools in the That's 1960s? Right. And, and the answer is worse off. No doubt, man. No doubt. You know, I remember... I remember David Barton doing, oh gosh, it's been 30 years almost uh, when he did his book, America to Prayer Not to Pray, and he charted all the cultural indicators since we took prayer out in 62 with Ingle V. Vitell, and, uh, and everything you wanted to go up was going down. Everything you wanted to go down was going I mean, it was just was, like he said, as a, as a stats and math guy, people think of Barton as a, as a you know, uh, history guy, but he was a math guy back then. He said that's just statistically impossible. So it, it really... Uh, you're exactly right. It's made it's it's gotten gone nowhere but downhill uh, since we took God out of schools and, and rejected Him, and and that's um, that's to be expected. And we've got an opportunity here to get some good principles back in there. Uh, before I let you go, uh, you're you know what, what what's up next for you? What what are your big goals for this next session? Well, so the number one thing we've got to get done that was left undone at the end of this special session that ended in November is school choice for every child. We need to yes. empower. Every parent in this state decide which type of education is best for their child because the final say in the child's education should be their parent and not government. And that's what school choice is. It's just trusting moms and dads in every community to decide what's best and allowing parents to exercise their God-given rights to choose what's best for their child. So that is a number one undone issue in the state legislature is getting school choice done for every child. And it and it's worked everywhere it's been implemented. Uh, the free marketing competition al always improves the product and the price and everything else, and uh, it, it's huge. Uh, I, you you don't know this about me, but that's why I I ran and served in the legislature. You know, twenty five years ago, that was my number one issue in nineteen ninety eight. And so here wow. we are, all these years later. You guys are so far ahead of where we were back then, and uh, our prayers are with you, man. And and I, I, I'm I just. That 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 has got to happen if we're going to have any chance of put of being able to make the system better. You got to have competition and and like you said, put the parents in charge. I mean, this whole idea of some bureaucrat in Austin or or in Washington or at the school district knows better than you do how to raise your kids or you know it's just insane. And and we've got to get back to 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 putting the decisions in the right hands. So that's right, that's right. Good stuff. I appreciate it, Rick. Thank you for having me on today. 
You bet. Thanks for coming on. That's Senator Mays Middleton. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back with David and Tim Barton. Hi, friends. This is Tim Barton of Wall Builders. This is a time when most Americans don't know much about American history or even Hebrews of the faith. And I know oftentimes for parents, we're trying to find good content for our kids to read. And if you remember back to the Bible, to the book of Hebrews, it has the Faith Hall of Fame where they outline the leaders of faith that had gone before them. Well, this is something that as Americans, we really want to go back and outline some of these heroes, not just of American history, but heroes of Christianity and our faith as well. I want to let you know about some biographical sketches we have available on our website. One is called the Courageous Leaders Collection. And this collection includes people like Abigail Adams, Abraham Lincoln, Francis Scott Key, George Washington Carver, Susanna Wesley, even the Wright brothers. And there's a second collection called Heroes of History. In this collection, you'll read about people like Benjamin Franklin or Christopher Columbus, Daniel Boone, George Washington, Harriet Tubman. Friends, the list goes on and on. This is a great collection for your young person to have and read, and it's a providential view of American and Christian history. This is available at wallbuilders.com. That's www.wallbuilders.com. We're back here on Wobblers. Thanks for staying with us. Thanks to Senator Mays Middleton for joining us and for passing a great piece of legislation. Back with David and Tim. And uh, I love this, guys. I love the fact that it's going to put these school boards, like you said at the beginning, David, I mean, this is going to give you a chance to really see where your school board stands. Yeah, and this is really significant because kind of putting some context on, on what's happened. You know, Mays mentioned that you're having these these kind of editorial things where, hey, this should be a, a religion-free arena. This should be a, a God-free kind of zone. And that's what some of the papers are saying down in his area. And he's along coastal Texas, down in Brazoria and Galveston, et cetera. And, and so you, you've got this mentality that you can't have God in it. But it goes back to what he mentioned when the courts took this out. And what the courts did was they came up with what for a long time we called a dissenter's veto. And this is because the courts, instead of looking at individuals and saying, you know what, every single individual in America has God-given inalienable rights, the courts in, in the 60s, 70s, 80s said, no, which group gets the rights? Well, you know, atheists, they're a smaller group than Christians, so they need more rights than Christians have. So we'll let atheists veto whether Christians can have public religious expression. And it became known as the dissenter's veto. If an atheist said, hey, I'm really offended over prayer, the court said, oh, we'll make everybody stop praying publicly so that you won't be offended. And so rather than treating individuals as individuals with God-given rights, the court started recognizing groups. And that's a very progressive approach. And that's not a constitutional approach. And they said groups of atheists have more value and have more rights than groups of Christians or Jews or anybody else. And so this is this is part of that rollback, getting back to individuals and inalienable rights and it's a great way to do it, putting chaplains in schools and letting kids consult those chaplains if they want to. Well, and guys, I think it's worth noting, too, as he pointed out, if you look at what's happened to the educational system, to our schools, since we took God out, since we took prayer out, has it gotten better or gotten worse? Rick, That's you alluded right. to it that, you know, Dad, your book years ago, America to Pray or Not to Pray, you were walking through the the data, the, the statistics that were not lying most people remember, if you go back to the, the, the 50s or 60s, and by I say remember, I don't mean remember that we were all there, but we remember <laughs> hearing about, right? right? What were the major issues when it came to schools? If teachers said, here are the major problems we have in schools back in the 50s and 60s, what were they? It, it was talking in class and chewing gum in the hallway. Those were the major issues. Go forward to the 70s and 80s. Once the Supreme Court has gotten involved and 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 liberals and progressives have really had their way, progressives have had their way in education, and they've removed God and the Bible and prayer from schools, what are the major problems in public schools in the 70s and 80s? Uh, murder, uh, violent crime, teen pregnancy. You you start going through this list, 
it's it's mind boggling how far we fell, how quickly, and largely the number one indicator you can point to that the number one thing that changed. We we didn't introduce a new philosophy. There wasn't a new pedagogy. The number one thing that changed in public schools was the removal of God, the removal of a God consciousness, the removal of morality. So now even having chaplains coming back, this is something that if you can restore on any any semblance of this religion morality foundation, if you can restore the foundation, it, it gives the opportunity for these kids to be able to live such a better life. The Bible tells us that in life, you have a couple of options of where you build. You can build on the rock or you can build on the sand. And we're seeing all of the challenges, all the problems these kids are having because they're on the right foundation. And even bigger picture, all of these kids are going to be the future of our nation. And the founding fathers were very clear that without religion and morality, America will not stand. It won't survive. We have to have a religious and moral foundation to be able to function as a nation under this constitutional republic for freedom to work. We have to have a religious moral people for these kids' lives to actually work the way that God intended. And, and even logically, if, if you're someone who doesn't believe in God, but you want there to be stability, you don't want them to be depressed. You want them to be able to live in, in hope and happiness and joy and have fulfillment in their life. God needs to be the foundation. And having chaplains come back is a really good step in the right direction. And let me point out, Proverbs 21, 22 says that a wise man attacks the city of the mighty. What we need to do is go on the offense. And what you've got here is an opportunity at your school to go on the offense. It doesn't matter whether you're in Texas or not. This law stands up everywhere because it's simply constitutional. Doesn't matter what your state constitution says. You have a First Amendment guaranteed right of free exercise of religion. So this is a good thing for everybody to take on in their own community. And let's become God conscious, as, as Tim was just saying. When you're God conscious, your behavior is different than when you're not God conscious. And this is a really good thing to have in schools and other public venues. So everybody go on the offense with this and let's move this into schools all over the nation. It doesn't take the Texas law. You can do this simply because it's constitutional. Yeah, I love the going on offense. We need to do that more and more. What a great opportunity. And again, this is what the Coach Kennedy case, this is why it was such a big victory. It opens the door. And David, you just made a huge point. It's not just in Texas where this bill has been passed. There's opportunities all over the country. Uh, we had Kelly Shackelford on last week talking about uh, this this religious freedom in America and that website and all those things. So we'll, we'll put that link uh, again today. But get involved, folks. Be a part of moving forward with offense, not just staying on defense. What a great show today. Special thanks to Senator Mays Middleton for joining us. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to The Wall Builder Show. 